25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Farm Bureau Studio. Go! With the home team. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau Studio. Thanks for listening however and wherever. And all points in between. Whether you're watching and streaming or listening and live in Jackson at WRKS 105.9 The Zone. ESPN Radio, Jackson, Central Mississippi, or maybe you're listening at night on WBLE, Batesville, 100.5, or WVBG, 107.7, 1490 Talk in Vicksburg. Hey to y'all. Hey to everybody. Don't ever let it be said that one guy can't make a big difference. (laughs) Now, in certain sports, sure, we get it. Basketball. Does Michael Jordan make a difference? Does LeBron James make a difference? Don't, don't, don't get don't don't scream at me. I'm just saying overall in his career. LeBron's not Michael, but I'm just using them both as, as an example. Yeah, they make a difference. No question. Right? He's one out of five guys. What about sports where there's more players on the field? One guy make a big difference? Oh, I don't know. What kind of difference did Nolan Ryan make in his career? Randy Johnson. What kind of difference is Verlander making right now? You know, what kind of difference did Ronald Acuna Jr. start making for the Braves the moment they brought him up? Yeah, okay, one guy make a big difference. And then you get to football. There's 11 players on the field in football. It's a team game. And I will tell you with the same breath, that while quarterbacks get way too much praise and way too much blame at times, one guy can make a huge, huge difference. Willie Gay is one guy who makes a huge difference for Mississippi State's defense. Huge. Huge You know, find me an example for Ole Miss. You know, they've had those players. I know it's a long ways back, but it's the same position. We've got to go back 16 years, whatever the heck it is. But did Patrick Willis make a difference by himself? He made such a difference that one time he broke his hand and they just put it in a ball. They, cat, they put a cast around his hand in a big ball. There were no fingers sticking out from it. It's just a club on the end of his hand. And he <laughs> dominated Tennessee. In a game where he couldn't even, like, he couldn't use his hand for anything. Willie Gay, listen to me, 
makes that kind of difference for Mississippi State's defense. You wondered, you know, you hear the stuff in the offseason where teammates, his coaches say he's the best athlete on our team. Uh, he's one of the best linebackers in America. Uh, scouts came in here and said they can't wait to draft him. All right. I hear all that. And then I didn't see him play for the first three games for violation of team rules. That rascal ran out there on Saturday and dominated the ball game while he was in there. Boy, dominated, Matt. That sure is a strong word. He dominated it. The first play of the game for, for Kentucky on offense, pick six to the house, seven zip. Read the quarterback's eyes underneath the tight end route, jump the throw, pick six, go hit his head on the goalpost. Yeah, he got himself tossed out because of two personal fouls. Which brings me to this text over here on the text line. I don't know who it's from. It's an um, unnamed texter. Willie Gay's last six games. Ejected from the Egg Bowl. Suspended in the first half of the bowl game. Didn't play in the first three games. Alleged to be suspended in the first three games of this year. And then ejected in the first half versus Kentucky. He laid that out like a prosecutor. So where are we with this? Yeah, so where are we with it? And see, here's the thing about it. Like, he's not a behavioral problem at all. (laughs) It's it's not like he's a a disruptive figure or something, some kind of negative force and all. But, man, you look at that right there, the last six games. Yeah. Where there's smoke. Right. Now, was I know you, nobody's saying who. Was he likely one of the people involved in the test gate? I'll put it this way. He was on the list of players we got the first three weeks where it says, these guys will not play for violation of team rules. Oh, okay. Right. He was on that so list. So there you, there you go again. No, the, 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 the reason, mm. you know, trying to shortcut. I don't know. There might... There might be a little character work needs to be done. Well, you know, and again, you talk to people inside the program, they say it's just not the case. That it's just on the field, it's this, he gets too excited. That's a problem. It is a problem. And so what you have, you have a player who at this point in his life and at this point in his career has just got to learn that, See, I think part of it is he knows he's one of the best players on the field. He knows it. Knows it. It's not a question. It's a fact. And he knows it. And when he steps on the field, he knows in in large part what's about to happen. I'm about to dominate a bunch of guys. He's having way too much fun at times. (laughs) So you have a guy right now at this point in his life who I think has has to... Really soak in everything around him. He doesn't. I don't think he has to change, because the people who know him personally and in the program, teammates, coaches, they don't want him to change. They like him the way he is, because he's not a behavioral problem. But he has to look at it and go, okay. There's a little bit of a maturing thing I've got to go through. I've got to go into games with a little bit of a different approach. I can't change the way I play, but I can change some of the things I'm doing, and this deal off the field too. 
It, it's just he's got to realize you hear players all the time. You People say, you know, the sky's the limit, all the potential in the world. Like it, it totally applies to him. Now everything else has got to start lining up also because you saw Saturday what a difference he makes for them. And now the big debate is, you know, if he's one of those which, again, alleged to be one of those suspended, you have to figure out where you're going to play him. Because, yeah, look, he can flip a game, man. You don't see a whole lot of linebackers who can do that. He can do it. All right, more texts to get to. Feel free to call me also. The phone line, the Divinity Equipment phone, open to you. 995-1059. 601 number, 995-1059. Fluffy on the text line says he loves Grumpy who called in earlier. He got to do some work at his house once. That's good to know, Fluffy. Is that the end of the story? <laughs> Did you have to be very quiet? <laughs> Did he pop up out of a trash can and say, hey, like Oscar the Grouch? Oh. There's, that's, grumpy, not grouchy. That's Yeah, the well, same thing, though, right? Nope. Same difference? <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. It's different definitions. All right. You learn something every day. You know, in real life, yeah. But, I was 42 years old, Roger, when I learned that grouchy and grumpy aren't the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they could be used. Let me just characters. All right. Zach texted in, and he said he'd play Garrett Schrader even if Tommy was healthy because Garrett has more grit. Chase says, gauge the listeners and see if they feel the same about Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints after he's had two weeks practicing taking reps as a starter. Yeah, a lot of people ran him down. Um, but, buddy, did they ever play lights out against Seattle or what? I'm not a huge Seattle fan either. I don't necessarily like dislike them. It just didn't hurt my feelings when they lose. I don't know why that is. It shouldn't be that way. I don't know. Norman on the text line says, Matt, so with the players serving suspensions, do you play those guys in the most winnable SEC games or simply the most difficult matchups? Seems to me you choose the three most winnable games to use the full forces in. Which games do you feel that you would be picking today. Norman, I agree with you. Here is the debate, folks, and that Norman is bringing up. Without confirmation from the school exactly, you get to see this past weekend, they went full complement of roster. No one was suspended for the Kentucky game. It means that that was one of the four games for those eight players that they chose everybody's going to play in that game. They're not going to miss that one. It's one of the four games they're going to play in. They'll serve suspensions in other games. So what Norman is saying is, what are the other three? Norman, I agree with you. You pick out on your schedule outside of Abilene Christian. You look at the rest of your schedule. It's all the rest of the games will be SEC games. And you pick out the four most winnable SEC games. And that's who you play them against. Now, the one toss-up right here might be Arkansas, because Arkansas is hands down the worst team. You do have to go up there. You do. So what are they? Help me out. So every one of them is going to play in the Egg Bowl at the end. We know that. Like, you can go ahead and just chalk it up. It's the way it works. It's the way it should work. 
It's the way it will work. So now we're down to two others. And, and again, keep in mind, these players don't have to s- serve suspensions in all the same games. They can mix and match them individually. So it, it may be folly on our part to think that they're going to do all of them during the same games. But I think what you do is you either, the three games remaining that you play the suspended players, it, the thing that you do is you either do Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Tennessee, those three. Those are your three most winnable games. You're going, well, Matt, they could probably win those games with that. Yeah, well, you got to make sure you win those games. This is not an SEC championship run year. Part of the reason is your suspensions. So the games you have to win, that you have the best chance to win already, you do what you have to do to make sure you win those. So you either do Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Tennessee, or you mix and match, and you pretty much do Auburn, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. I don't care what Auburn's ranked. You do have to go to A&M also. You may mix and match Auburn and A&M. But hey, man, they don't pay me $3 million to make that decision. I'm glad I don't have to. All right, let's see here. Back on the text line, a whole bunch of uh, first-hour texts, and I, and I really enjoy reading these. Here on Reaction Monday, you can text me at 885-ESPN or call me at 995-1059. It is a Reaction Monday. Someone said, you know, Matt, you made a great point at the top of the show that I want to elaborate on. Parody. Everyone said a playoff would make college football more like the NFL, but it hasn't. But what it has is parody. Anyone can beat anyone on a Saturday. Well, but see, it's kind of two, you're making two different opposite points in one text, though, there. See, like, no, the college football playoff has not thrown in some type of big balance out there and, like, opened up the national championship to more teams. What it has done is that it has made it even more uh, lopsided in favor of of the most advantaged programs. Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson got their way into it. It's even more top-heavy, okay? But when you're saying parity, we're talking about parity from about 11th ranked in the country on down. Because there's no difference. Finishing 11th, 12th in the country versus finishing... You know, 48th. You can be the 48th team in a country, and guess what? Bowl game. <laughs> and it's all the same. It's like consolation prizes. So, you know, we kind of agree, and I guess there maybe there is some parity, but the whole setup with the college football playoff as it is right now, it, it, it has actually advanced, accelerated this top heaviness that you have in the game. You already know the six or seven teams from which the playoff teams are coming, and you knew it before you ever snapped the football. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. Ohio State, Oklahoma. Notre Dame, maybe one more. I don't know. Wisconsin going to work their way into it? Eh, probably not. Somebody gave you 500 bucks right now and said, bet it on somebody to not make the playoff who – 
you know, is, is top two in their conference. You're probably going to throw it at Wisconsin right now. A1 Dog on the text line says, I think the referees were keyed up for any silliness given Cash Daniels' presence in the ball game and how both teams conducted themselves last season in that game. I love the pa- – this is talking about State versus Kentucky. He says, I love the passion, but you've got to know how to show it behind the play and keep your head when you know refs have the Hawkeye. And then he also said, I think you play Stevens given what the ceiling of the offense can be is much greater with his experience. Let, let me weigh in on that right now. So for about an hour we've had this debate going and everybody's weighed in, and there's a lot of people who voted for, hey, if you've got two healthy quarterbacks at State, Schrader and Stevens – there's several people that, you know, they vote for Schrader, the freshman, based on what they've seen. I still would go Tommy Stevens uh, because I have in Tommy Stevens a kid who's played more Division I football. He's played in some road games when he was at Penn State. He's played different positions on the field. He is older. He is more experienced. He has a better grasp of the pass game. That is not questioned at all by anybody anywhere near the SEAL complex, which is the football facility at State. He has a much greater grasp of the pass game. And with a running back like Kylan Hill, it takes a little bit of the importance away from quarterback running game. Quarterback run game was huge against Kentucky. I talked about it in the pregame that it would be a huge thing to make them be honest, and it was from the word go. And it's actually what finished the game for them. If you want to get specific, But everything they do on offense is about making a a way for Kylan Hill to get the ball in space and do what he does. He's the star of your offense. And what Tommy Stevens brings to the table is a guy who a defense is really, really going to have to be careful against him in the past game. They've really got to line up and be honest. And that only makes Kylan Hill better. So I think... What my vote is, if you have two healthy quarterbacks at State and Stevens being one of them, you play Tommy Stevens, period. All right, uh, JR on the text line says, let's not make Willie Gay out to be a hero. He is selfish, and you cannot count on him. He's going to play three and a half games this year and then turn pro. That's JR's text on the text line. Tommy on the text line says the uh, players who are suspended for him would play in these games, Auburn, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. So Tommy obviously believes that State could be without those players, go on the road to Arkansas, and win. And so he would use that one. Jake says on the text line, it's crazy how much of a boost Gay gives the defense. No doubt. He's just a difference maker, man. It's, I mean, was it not noticeable to the naked eye? They were all more confident because he was in the middle. It was harder to throw. It was harder to run against him as long as he was on the field. Yeah, and here's an interesting text also, and I'm going to say about the time frame I can guess. It says, it's so strange when I was in school. Arkansas and Tennessee were good, and now they suck. Look, when I was in college – you know, in the 90s, Houston Nutt had Arkansas rolling. People forget that Houston Nutt led Arkansas to multiple appearances in the SEC title game 
Or or did I'd have to go look it up. I know they went one year with Danny Ford as their head coach, and I know Houston Nutt took them. So so maybe it was multiple trips with different head coaches, but there in the nineties they went a couple times to to Atlanta. SEC title game. They won the West multiple times. In the same era where Tennessee won a national championship in 98 or at the end of the 98 season. And prior to that, they had Peyton Manning. And Arkansas versus Tennessee was huge, huge national implications every year in the 90s. <laughs> it was, and you look at them now, you know what it's an example of? I've heard it all my life in coaching, and it has always stuck with me. Coaches would tell players, Today, you are either getting better or you are getting worse. There is no such thing as staying the same. In life, in your job, when you work out at the gym, (laughs) you make decisions on what to eat, or if you're running an athletics department, every decision you make either leads you to getting better or to getting worse, but it never leads you to just stay the same. All right, coming up next, we're live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team, and we're going to be visited by HQ, the homecoming queen, live in studio, next. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service. Hey, speaking of Farm Bureau, if you're listening live right now in uh, the Jackson, Central Mississippi area, tip of the cap to Madison County Farm Bureau, my man Bob Atkins and all the men and women there at the Madison County Farm Bureau Insurance Office right there on Ebenezer. Like it's almost like they can look out on the back porch and spit on the railroad track. You know right where I'm talking about if you've ever been to Madison. Because Bob and the folks at Madison County Farm Bureau are putting on this event. We are partnering up. And you heard it mentioned in the first hour, Grumpy called in and said he's coming to the football, food, and film study dinner we're having with you on uh, October 3rd, that night, October 3rd, at Char Restaurant in Jackson. Just a handful of tickets left for that, so if you want one, go get it. MattWyattMedia.com. Click on the Events tab and get your ticket, and we'll see you there. In the studio right now, you heard her voice a minute ago. Now it's live. HQ, homecoming queen. As a matter of fact, um, I can't think of a better use of my applause soundtrack. Take a bow, homecoming queen. That's good. Is it? Yeah. Look at there. Don't applause just make you feel better? Yeah, you really just need that all day, everywhere you go. Yeah. Who's Grumpy? Somebody called in earlier on the show. His Named name's... Grumpy? Well, his nickname? Yeah, his nickname's Grumpy. He's coming to Jackson to the dinner? Yeah, he is. Did you talk about the Vicksburg dinner? 
It um, was great. It really went well, didn't it? It was a huge turnout. So much fun. The food was great. Everybody enjoyed it. I thought it went really well. I'm really excited about the next few. There's uh, probably about 50 people there, mm-hmm. which was uh, kind of what we had hoped for. And, uh, it, yeah, it went well. We watched a little football, had some great food at the Anthony there in Vicksburg. Good so. questions, good interaction. <laughs> hey, time out. I only had to wrap you up, you know, because you went a little long, but that's usual. Yeah. Hey, listen. <laughs> listen. Hey, Roger. Ro- hey there. Roger, you, you can't know- land the plane, huh? I was just like, wrap it up. I was texting him. I was in the back of the room giving him a hand signal like, hush. Bring it on in, son. That's right. Well, look, I talk for a living, so that's yeah, kind of well, my... Yeah, I get it. That's kind of my excuse. You know what you need? You've got to have bumper music. That, yeah. That tells you, that, that, that's, that's how I do it. Or just a gong. I could just yeah. hit you a gong. You won't talk more than a minute if you start playing music. <laughs> yeah, but you know what she did, Roger? No joke. So we we get to the Q&A no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. We had nerf actually, darts. That's what she needed. Nerf, yeah, nerf darts. darts. Yeah, or a cattle prod. Bring those to the Jackson dinner. Yeah, cattle <laughs> prod. She yeah, got it. Comes out from behind the curtain and zaps me with a cattle prod. You yeah, know. well. Now, um, we we had just begun the uh, film. film study part of it. And I'd gone through a couple of plays. And I get a text from on my phone. I'm at the podium. And didn't you text me and said I need to take questions? No, no, no. I said, do we have any questions? And I said, you have one in the back. Yeah. And so I look, Roger, and Annabeth, it, it's, that's HQ, Homecoming Queen. She's walking away from the kids' table where my daughter and some other kids were. And my daughter has her hand up. And my daughter says to me, can we watch some old Miss plays? <laughs> Roger, he was really MSU heavy. And there were lots of MSU and lots of old Miss people there. It was a good mix. And so I was just trying to keep him on his toes, trying to help. Well, That's he does, what I was he does pretty for. good on the radio part. He does. So, so I'm surprised he, he didn't think about that. She yeah. Well, we were only like two plays into it. Three. and she You had done three. Okay, three plays. Well, I had a bunch of Ole Miss plays. I was just going to do them in order. You just needed a quick reminder. That's what I am for you. <laughs> so she in told life, our daughter. In love. That's what I am. Your reminder of everything. She told our daughter to ask if I have any Ole Miss plays we could watch. Well, there you go. It worked. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it did. It did worked. The, did the room laugh? Yeah, they, they did. They got a they got a kick out of that. They got a great big. I told kick her out to ask, and then I walked away quickly. But I'm not sure, Roger, that the there were some people who had come and that that were kind of under the impression that because it was me, that it was going to be a Mississippi State only event. Yeah, I'm not sure what they thought about it. But. They were so sweet. They wore their maroon. Yeah, it yeah, was great. It was good. It was really. You didn't good have some old Miss people show up though, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, sure good, good, good. And we and that's it was the a thing. good mix. It really was. We did. A well, little... next time, Matt, you just need to, you know, pre-sell is what we call it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about some MSU plays, some old yeah. Miss plays. Yeah. Uh, you know. So yeah, on that note, up, you know. uh, so uh, tomorrow night's the next one. We'll be in Starkville tomorrow night at Stark uh, Vegas. In Stark Vegas. So tomorrow night's film study dinner number two. It'll special be special thanks to Eric Hallberg. Yeah, the Eric Hallberg, who's a Vicksburgian. Who's a Vicksburg guy, that's right. V- Vicksburgan? Vicksburger, I think. Vicksburger. He's a Vicksburger. <laughs> I kinda like that. Eric Hallberg, who has um the Breakfast Club, formerly known as Cappy's Steakhouse in the same spot, but he's gonna open the Breakfast Club up for us. We're not having breakfast. I think he's gonna make catfish for us tomorrow night. He has great food. And uh, that'll start around 6. And so, like, for instance, the film that we'll watch tomorrow night there will be um, a little recap of State and Kentucky, a little recap of Ole Miss and Cal, 
um, and then a preview of what's upcoming. So we'll, we'll preview some Alabama. We'll preview some Auburn. We'll do that tomorrow night. Then uh, a week from tomorrow, do I have that right? Mm-hmm. So October 1st, Tuesday is Tupelo at Park Heights, downtown Fair Park. Yeah. And then that Thursday is the Jackson one at Char. So we're wrapping them up. They're coming up quickly. We really don't have many tickets left for the last few, so folks need to get them. Will you break down the um, the touchdown they took away from Ole Miss? All right. Let's talk about that for it's just a second. so awful. The homecoming queen was she's old Miss girl if you're listening and is that but I also pull for MSU yeah she pulls, pulls for state. everybody she sent me Roger by the way after the state game and state beat Kentucky Annabeth sent me a video on my phone and Mary Liddy our daughter she has a little cowbell I gave her and she was in the living room ringing it in front of the TV it was pretty cool <laughs> she was excited yeah but um so is that kind of the going thought or idea on Ole Miss social media and that is. They took a t- touchdown away from him. Well, you said he scored. I asked you. You said it looks like he scored. It's what it looked like to me. The angle that I saw, the TV angle, it looks like and he caught it, was, it. It was hopeless and helpless and terrible. There was no timeout. <laughs> Everybody's just watching, and it just countdown done. It was awful. Well, here's the thing about it. All the officiating crews out there have said that they did the right thing. So they, they interviewed this former official that's now oh, an really? analyst on the SEC network, and he said the crew did what they were supposed to in that he spotted the ball where he thought the progress of the football was. See, it doesn't matter if part of his body is in the end zone. The Ole Miss receiver had part of his body in the end zone. It's just that when he caught it, the official didn't think he ever had the Broke football. The plane. Yeah, across the plane in the goal line. He marked like it down it. at the one. Now, time was ticking down. They yeah. spot the ball short. That was third down. They ran a fourth. They only had a fourth down play and no yeah. timeouts. So Ole Miss was in a bind. They can't just lay out and wait to see if they're going to review like you would in a normal time uh, of the game. Hopeless and helpless. It was bad. <laughs> hopeless and helpless. And what else? It was bad. You said horrible. I think we had a little alliteration a little going alliteration on there. there. Yeah. Well, anyway, I I think after reviewing it, I think they they would made have the call it. they had to. But I, I would be if I were an Ole Miss fan. Like if that happened to State, that was tough. I mean, that, there's no excuse, but surely that would have helped things. I would just want them to review it. Just That's the thing it. I would want is for the I just would want somehow it. for the officiating crew. But even if the time ran off and we ran that are about to run that one play, just blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. They love to blow the whistle when they're not supposed to. Just blow it. And review it. And review it. Take a really good, hard look at it is the review thing. Review it. Agree. If you're going to have review, that seems to me that that's a play that you ought to review. Because then you could even say that the fourth down play would be an advantage for both schools to get a chance to know hey, what they're doing. we're getting wrapped up here. That's how Roger does it. <laughs> hey, He's look. not subtle. And then one more comment. Love the quarterback at Mississippi State's beard. I think he's going to start a trend. Oh, Schrader? Absolutely. What a great guy. The bearded wonder. The bearded wonder. All those guys over there are going to start growing beards. <laughs> I'm a big fan of his. The 70s are back. Yeah. I'm, let, I'm letting mine grow out Is that what bit. it is? I wondered maybe if you were trying to act uh, like him. Just, man, if you grow it out long enough, you can swirl it up on the top of your head like the president. That's maybe. it. There you yeah. go. Relive your glory days. Instead of a comb over, it would be a comb up. Comb up. There you go. That shoulder length fringe. All right. We'll wrap it up with you next. That's all for the homecoming queen today. We'll talk to her again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Y'all stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.
The Farm Bureau Studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. I'm Matt. That's where I am. Right here in the Farm Bureau Studio. So am I looking at this right? Good gracious alive! The Saints just beat the Seahawks last night or yesterday afternoon in Seattle to go to 2-1. and one. They did it with A, Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, and B, the best-looking alternate uniforms in the NFL. It's when the Saints wear the all-whites, those gold numbers and gold helmets. Man, they look good. They're 2-1. and one. The Cowboys just kind of systematically ho-hum, non-emotionally went about beating the uh, Dolphins by 25 points. So the Cowboys are 3-0. and And next Sunday night at 7.20 on NBC, the Cowboys and the Saints kick it off in the Louisiana Superdome. Dak Prescott in his home state versus the Saints with Teddy Bridgewater calling the signals. And they're a pretty doggone good football team regardless of who their quarterback is. Who, my gosh! Would I love who, to be there or what? Who do you think is going to pull this one out? Don't make me say it. <laughs> yeah, I think the Cowboys are better. I think they're better, you know, overall. But Sunday night in New Orleans in the Dome, all kinds of things can happen. Yeah. There's no question about it. If I could swear, I remember people talking when uh, Dak first started starting up there. So he wasn't really a yeah, really a quarterback. Actually, he was yeah, more right. of a. <laughs> oh yeah, well, he's, he's made the transition. Hey, he's just a runner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say he's made the transition really well. Yeah. No question about it. Thanks to everybody on the text line who enjoyed hearing. Uh, Annabeth, the homecoming queen, on the show just a minute ago. Um, let's see. Somebody said for Annabeth to give a shout-out to Winky. Winky is her dad. That's my father-in-law. You were talking about nicknames earlier, how this real happy guy has a name Grumpy and big yeah. old guy's named Tiny. Winky is about six foot five, 300. Well, he didn't weigh 300 anymore, but he's a big one. Name Winky. Ooh, what a big one. Okay. Um... On, in regards to the Ole Miss play on the goal line, somebody texted in and said, Matt, check the Emily Van Buskirk video. Yeah, she's the one that's got as close to the pylon video angle as you could get. As you can get? Okay, I'd have yeah. to, I'm going to try to look it up. By the way, shouldn't they go ahead and invest in some of those? I mean, it's kind of important, the, look, the, Roger, the ball crossing that plane. Man, <laughs> the fact that there is not a camera in the pylon – Oh, well, it may get knocked over. Okay, well, if it gets knocked over, so what? Who cares? Fine, it got knocked over. Big but a camera in thing. It. It's a big foam uh, deal anyway, right? So Don't they already have cameras in the pylon? Yeah, it's It's so easy. It's so e- The technology is there, and it's so simple and easy for them to spend the money putting cameras down the goal line. It could be wireless. They could do it with lasers. Wireless they could put a chip. Operating. They could put a chip. In every football, at very little cost, <laughs> comparatively, <laughs> and then put a laser on a goal line, and the laser will, like tennis, the laser will tell you if the ball went over or not. It's that simple. 
It's 2019, man. Do it. We got coaches who are bad. We're paying them $3 million a year. If I can't get out of Office Depot without my uh, ink purchase <laughs> setting off the alarm, I mean, you'd think we'd have something like that for football. All right, so cool. there's this is, a, this is a question. You get a million of these kind of questions every day if you listen to Chris Brooks on the gridiron. Now I'm going to do one myself. You're walking out of some department store or Best Buy or something, and as you approach the door and are about to leave, the alarm starts going off. You know, the beep, beep, beep. <laughs> exactly. Do you stop or do you just keep right on walking? I tell people to run. <laughs> <laughs> even even if they're not guilty, it really gets the attention. <laughs> or just for nostalgia, just say scram. Use the word scram. All right. Um, text line, Matt, you were nice because of the homecoming queen. Smart. I, yeah, I told her that when I saw it, when I first saw the play, it looked like he got in because half his body was in the end zone. But then I've seen the other things that down the line showed you that kind of looked like the spot was the right spot because I don't think the ball ever crossed the plane of the goal line. And he spotted it shy. But then the whole meltdown. I do think it's a play you ought to review. If you're the officiating crew and you have review, that's one right there where even if it is a few seconds left, just blow the whistle, wave your hand, say, we're going to review it. We'll be right back. And everybody's like, okay. So to not review it was a mistake, if you ask me. All right, uh, more on the text line here before we finish. What about the attendance or lack thereof in Oxford and Starkville on Saturday? I think, you know, again, hot as all get out. Whether we like it or not, sure. Sure, We those of us who go and put up with the heat or don't mind it, we look at others and roll our eyes, but there are some people who can't put up with it. Small children, older folks, I get it. Blooming hot. It was a little better, but still blooming hot. And in Oxford, they had 11 a.m. kickoff for a non-conference team. And their team, they knew they were going to have attendance issues before the season started. At State, uh, I don't know what was announced, but it wasn't a bad crowd at all. It wasn't a full one, but it wasn't a bad crowd at all. It was actually a pretty good crowd, frankly. Um, the tailgating wasn't that great, but... That's what I was going to ask. Well, Roger, they there was a the tailgating was better... Than it was the previous week, 11 a.m. for Kansas State, tailgating was just non-existent, frankly, on campus. Tailgating was much better the other day, but still nothing like what you will see when they get another home game in October when the weather's better and it'll be a you know a better conference team in there. Nothing like what you will see in November when they host Alabama and Ole Miss. Still the tailgating, probably half of what you will see on campus at those particular games. Do uh, you think the fan, Ole Miss fans are going to come on out for that Alabama game, or do you think Alabama? Oh, yeah. Well, it's in Tuscaloosa. Oh, I was, th- I was thinking, yeah. like, who? oh, State that plays at home this year. Yeah, that's right. State will host okay. Alabama, but it's later right. in the year. Fletch, hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, Fletch? Afternoon, fellas. Hey, man. Matt, you made a great point about, about the pylon laser. I, I thought 20 years ago with the arguments on balls and strikes, in baseball, they could do lasers from the ceiling, lasers from the plate, lasers from each dugout, uh, nipples, numbers to the, to the knees, and they could straighten that out. But that's hard because you got foul balls and you replace the balls all the time. Mm-hmm. Fewer balls, uh, easier to do it in football. You're exactly right. Sensor on the pylon, sensor in the ground, whatever. Yeah. That should be a non-issue a long 
time ago. A long time ago. Hey, man. quick question. Quick question. Do you know what the official protocol is? I had somebody telling me Ole Miss should have let the clock run out and and uh, challenged the third down call. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't seem normal because you at least had a chance to run a play. And the second effort with the QB probably would have scored if anybody would have bothered bothered to block the best tackler on the field in 89. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about that, Fletch, is yes, in, in hindsight, in that situation, you've run a third down play. It's at the goal line. You're going to challenge the spot. You've got to let the, the you've got to let it go. You can't snap the fourth down play. You've got to get the challenge submitted. And the only way you submit it is to not run the next play. You run the tremendous risk of you know. And and with all that said, okay, that's hindsight. In reality, any team, any coach. You're you're 15 seconds inside of 15 seconds. The time is ticking away, and they have spotted the ball, and you have a down left. Every team is forevermore going to snap that last play and try to score to take away any, you know, remnant of doubt. It's so in that situation, I think it's up to the officials. They've got to just blow their whistle and review that play. That's that's whether it's called for now. They need to take a look at that and go, hey. You know, scoring plays inside of the or goal plays involving the goal line with inside of the last minute, uh, the officiating crew has a right to just blow the whistle at their discretion and review the play um, to give themselves time to do it. That, that, did you notice the ref take the ball out of the player's hand for a quick? And yes, spot it? he the ref was doing all he could to give them because he knew they wanted to run the play. And and to his credit, if that official doesn't get that football and sprint it to spot it. Ole Miss may not even get it snapped. He he did all he could to at least right. give them a chance to run the play. So they weren't trying to pull yep. a fast one. It was just a tough spot. Appreciate the call, Fletch. Thank you, man. Iris on the uh, Divinity phone. We got uh, real quick. Iris got time for you. What's up? Well, I was speaking of the tailgating issue. Uh-huh. Um, several years back when we finally quit tailgating with our grandchildren and what have you. Uh, you had to be in Starkville in your, and have your food at your tailgate area four hours before game kickoff. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, is that still in effect? Or yeah. Maybe that has some, some, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning is pretty, pretty early for <laughs> a family to get up and be in Starkville. That's a good <laughs> question, Iris. Yeah, and and I don't really know the answer to that. I don't, you know, have I don't get to have the experience of doing that. I'll try to find out. But you're right. If that's part of it, you got to be there that early. It's certainly just almost impossible to do it for an 11 a.m. game. Hey, thank you. Good call to end on. Call me anytime, Iris. Thank you. All right. Wrap it up with a call on the uh, Divini phone. Last one of the day here in the Farm Bureau studio. I'll see y'all tomorrow. See ya. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.